Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Sages Among Us. I'm your host, Kimberly Ewing, and with me tonight is Christian Gutt. Uh, Christian is no stranger to the arts and music. For decades, Christian has been everything from event coordinator, tickets ticket office supervisor, and everything in between in the music industry. From student intern at the Strawberry Music Festival in the mid-80s to the very well-known Bill Graham Presents and the Concord Pavilion, Christian has seen and done much, um, and that's why we have him here tonight as the sage. He has worked and played in music arenas with some incredible artistic talents. Some of my personal faves are Cake, Blondie, Ben Harper, and it goes on and on. He has lived and worked on both sides of our nation, East and West, and he's here tonight in our community as our sage to share his story and why he does it. Christian, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here, really. Yeah. Well, we're so sweet. It's so sweet to have you. And, um, being that we're KVMR, um, you know, the music industry is a certain special place for us here at, at KVMR. And one of the things that I love about the story of the sage is the human interest story and how it begins. So one of the things we ask Christian is, well, first of all, how are you feeling tonight? It's, it's, it's Victorian Christmas out there and it's a festive uh, night here I, in Nevada I am, City. I'm feeling really good and, and just like I said, honored to be here. Great. This town is just amazing um, what's going on outside right now. I can't wait to get out there, but just one of the reasons I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, well, and uh, coming back to you and, and who you became as a child. So let's go back to your, your roots. Where, where are you from? Where's your family from? And, and what was your childhood like? Well, let's give a day of remembrance because I think that's what we're at today. And, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I come from a military background. Mm. Both mom and dad were in the military. They they were in the Air Force branch. It was a newly um, formed service of our armed government. Okay. And um, mom was a nurse. Dad was a pilot. They met in Libya. Oh, wow. I think mom was one of the few women on the base, so she had her pick, but... The story was Dad flew in fresh strawberries and cream from France, and that won her over. And oh, I bet. Yeah. So that's um, the story of the beginning, huh? So all of us, my four brothers and sisters, all of us were born on Air Force bases around the world. My brother was actually born in France. I was born in Rome. Oh, New Italia. Rome, New York. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. So we're all Air Force brats, and mm. and you know, go, going up with my dad, going to the PX every other weekend, getting my hair shaved, and. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of a different world. And what um, I always ask, were you the youngest or the middle or the oldest? I'm kind of second to last. I have a younger brother who was, who was very spoiled and, and got everything <laughs> he wanted. But um, we're all great. Yeah. We're real tight still. Still. On, yeah. That's wonderful. And so when you say you, you, you grew up in Rome, New York, what did that look like to you? What was, what was one of your passions as a child or, or a hobby? Well, you know, hobby, um, you know, I just, the music thing didn't happen until later in life, but as a kid, I was always just a free, rambunctious spirit, yeah. didn't, you know, really want to fall into the school scene as much, but I did go to public schools all my life, and um, 
it was it was a, ch- a challenge at times, but it was fun, and I have some good friends still from yeah. those days. Yeah. yeah, and when you say rambunctious, were you just one of those like physical boys that you just wanted to get out and and kick the ball, or was it more? building things or you know i just wanted to be out in nature a lot in nature you know? and, yeah. and, and um i wasn't a big sports fan so to say but i did love playing with the other guys and being, yeah. out, being out there anything to get away from the schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i know um what when you uh say you were grown up there were, did you stay mostly there in rome or were you moving about no rome was just a short stay and okay. after that we moved to europe um i was just a little kid yeah um you know, my parents, I think we relocated every four to five years. Okay. You know, so, but eventually my dad retired. We ended up moving to a town called New Canaan, Connecticut. Okay. It's on the East Coast. And um, and that's where I spent most of my life. I okay. I think it was from 1968 to, to 86 or something okay. like that. Okay. So a good portion of your life was in Connecticut, Connecticut on the East yep. Coast. Yep. And they call yeah. it New Canaan. Um, we had a town motto. It was called the Next Station to heaven. Aww. Canaan is a biblical town. Um, the history of that town is kind of interesting because they really were open to any religion. Mm-hmm. And if you look in my hometown, and, and there was probably about 15 different churches or 16 churches. I remember even as a kid going, "Why are there so many churches here?" Right. And we have a little um, acre in town where they do the you know Christmas caroling every year, but it's called God's Acre. Mm. Quaint New England town. You know, um, not very big, not far from New York City. Wow. But um, And then getting back to that next station to heaven, they had a commuter line that, with their own train that went from our town into Grand Central Station, bypassing everything. It was like an express train. And That's like a secret ticket straight right. into the city. <laughs> I wonder if people know that. Well, well, it was mainly set up for all the rich executives that, mm. that grew up, you know, yeah. that I grew up with. So. Well, being on the East Coast, too, it gives you a different perspective now that you're here on the West Coast. And maybe that helped influence sort of the thing that happened in, as you got into your older years. Can you tell us a little bit, as you step out of high school, what did you do next? Well, that was an interesting time. I was uh, really into a band called The Grateful Dead. I <laughs> think I attended over 250 concerts in my life with them, and it was kind of fun. I'd have some kind of part-time job, and I would just take off to go <laughs> see The as Grateful Dead. As people do, yes. I mean, that was what you did, right? You know, it was just that Jack Kerouac on the road kind of thing, and just it was kind of neat. You'd, you'd pull into a rest stop in the middle of New Jersey, and between cities and you'd see all your friends on tour and you'd start playing hacky sack in the parking lot. <laughs> it was it that, was a generation kind of yeah but also um you know i was a gapper i took a year or so off from from going right into college and i ended up working at a large lumber yard and that was kind of eye-opening for me and, and just to see how the real world worked mm-hmm. right out of high school um after that, I was accepted to Berkeley College of Music on a scholarship. Fantastic. So I attended Berkeley for a little bit. Um, didn't quite make it through that program, but learned a lot. And that was kind of kind of the um, start of my music career, really. Well, I was wondering, yeah. You know, it started my senior year in high school with a mm-hmm. great teacher I had. And he's like, you should look into music. What kind of music were you doing in, at the end of your high school into that was more um, chorales and okay. classical music and okay. just kind of studying music theory mm-hmm. and just the basics. And um, But I did have a drum set my parents bought me. I remember when I was a kid and I was thrilled and started playing music when I was probably about 16. And, yep. You know, and got out there with different people and, you know, I'm still playing today, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. You, you have the musical mind, but 
but also the spirit of a musician too. That's yeah. part of it. I think probably being in the music industry, and we'll get to that in a minute, but it's like you, you have to have it in your soul to be able to do it. You know, I've had the um, pleasure of teaching a little bit, and one thing I always ask the student first is like, can you feel it? Mm -hmm. like, can you feel the rhythm and beat? Can you feel it? <laughs> You know, and I learned that from mm -hmm. a, a teacher I had a long ago, and, and that was just something that always stuck with me, for sure. It, it, so you're the college, the Berkeley College of Music, did that take you from the East Coast to the West Coast, or how did you get over to the West Coast? Well, um, quite a story, but I had a really um, a wonderful woman I was going out with at the time. Um, her dad owned a company called Snap-on Tools, which is rather large. Oh, yeah. We know that. <laughs> and... and uh, we went out for a couple of years, but it was at that point in my life, I just needed some self-discovery. Mm -hmm. And I had some family out here already in California, and that's kind of why I picked California. I ended up in Santa Barbara for a little bit, managed mm -hmm. a store down there, and, and just spent a year or two and then moved to Santa Cruz. But it was just a, um, it was something that, you know, most it was interesting because most of the kids that I went to school with are like, oh, we all want to move out west, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I moved out here and all the kids were like, oh, we want to move back east. <laughs> all right, it changes. It changes. And it's a different world. But it, this that seemed really adaptable to me, like the California way of living and style. And, mm -hmm. and I just fell right into it. Right. And so that kind of leads us into sort of one of the things or maybe that the question is like, is there someone or something that happened in those early years that took you to where you are today in the music industry, and we'll get to that, but like, is there some person or thing that happened that really stands out for you that took you into the music industry? You said it was the college, but maybe it was something else. Well, there was college, you know, I came out to California originally to go to college because it was such a good deal. If you established residency, mm -hmm. it was pre pretty much um, almost free. It wasn't quite free, but it was almost free to go to college, and I'm like, so that was my plan to come to California and get my undergraduate. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up moving to Santa Cruz to get my degree in um, music there. But while I was going to school there, I attended a festival called the Strawberry Music Festival, which now occurs now here in Grass it Valley sure in the does. spring. And uh, <laughs> that was in 1987. And, you know, I was a poor student yeah. trying, to make it, trying to make it. And I remember hitchhiking up to Tuolumne, you know, up to Strawberry up in Yosemite from Santa Cruz with like 20 bucks in my pocket. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the festival. <laughs> I'm going to get there. And I got there and, and realized that it was already sold out, mm. but I didn't even have money for a ticket. And I'm like, hmm, I'm going to figure this out. And I went outside there and I decided to stash my backpack and stuff in the woods. And, and I actually snuck in. I was in there for a good seven hours before I got um, caught by their security. <laughs> Security. <laughs> and, and I got the infamous Jeep ride, because back then they didn't have golf carts. I got the Jeep ride out, and they just dropped me off at the Evergreen Lodge, mm -hmm. and, um, which is just outside the gate of Strawberry. And I was just like, oh, what am I going to do? And I was just sitting there pondering for 15, 20, 30, I don't know, an hour, getting ready to hitchhike maybe to Yosemite. I was already up there, and it's like, well, I might as well do something. And, and then the manager of Strawberry Festival, Mitch Third, comes up. You remember his name. Mitch Third. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget. <laughs> He's a mentor of mine and someone I deeply respect in the, in the music business and mm -hmm. kind of got me started. And um, he saw me out there and, and was like, hey, dude, what's up? And I'm like, well, I told him the story. I got caught sneaking in and <laughs> security gave me a ride out. And he took pity on me. He's like, well, do you think you can park cars? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can park cars. And 
and it was the first sold out festival i think the uh main headliner was new grass revival and i didn't know any of these bands at the time but i was like yeah i want to work and Mm -hmm. So I was parking cars, and I got into the festival, and they got me. He found me a campsite that I could hang out in, kind of took me under his wing, and um, and that was a start, you know. And that was yeah. in 1987, and and I decided after that festival that I was going to switch my major to business. All right. Get out of the music thing because I realized the music is is really enriching for me, but it's hard to make a living. Sure, sure. So and and I asked, you know, around at the festival, like who's running this and who's in charge, and I mm -hmm. met, got to meet the owner and actually owners and um decided that was the time to make that change and, yeah. and really had a clear focus i'm going to go for a business degree right and that's kind of what pushed me out of, of the santa cruz community college up to humboldt yeah i mean it sounds like that was what we call the watershed moment where you're like i'm gonna round my knowledge more about music but but through the business lens and, exactly. and that's how you you stood forward. Um, honestly, when we look at someone who's been so involved, and in, I'd love to hear like what happened next. So you got you got your business degree. You were working at you know obviously uh, getting into the Strawberry Music Festival, and then what was next for you? Like what was the next part of? Well, while I was at Cabrillo College, you know, eventually got all that undergraduate stuff covered. Right. And I was like, okay, I need to transfer. Where do I go? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I got to go through that process and start applying to the different universities. I applied to UCLA, UC Santa Cruz, I think Cal Berkeley, sure. all these schools and, I, and Humboldt. Humboldt kind of stuck out for me for some reason because one, I just, it was kind of in a place that was out in the outskirts of, of town. Right. Kind of say. It was out there, you know, right. but they had this amazing um, on-campus presenter. They were bringing top name acts up there mm. that you would normally see in L.A. or New York at Humble in a really small venue. Right. Impressive. And I thought, you know, to myself, and I'm like, where else can I get a better education in a small school? One, all my classes are going to be small, but I can actually immerse myself in a microcosm of what the business is. So I did that, and, and I remember going to Humboldt State, and, and I went up there without a real plan, but I went to the, that organization. It was called Center Arts. Okay. Not Center for the Arts, but Center Arts. Center Arts. Okay. And um, I went to the lady there, and I'm like, I'm here to work. And she's like, well, there's nothing open right now. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I need to work here. Mm -hmm. And she sent me down the hall, and she said, go talk to Roy. He might have some volunteer thing. And I talked to him, and I did a couple shows, but within six months, I was running the crew for him. Wow. You know, and I'm just like, that's how serious and just dedicated I was. And, mm -hmm. and all this surrounding my business studies, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to make this work. And right. So um, I did that for a number of years, got all my business stuff gone and ready to graduate. And close to graduation, we get a call from some folks at Bill Graham Presents. And they're like, we need to do a show up there. We need a barricade. We need the sound system. We need lights. We need crew. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, can you help us? I'm like, yeah, I'll help you out. And uh we took care of the show, and it was Bob Weir and Rat Dog, and I forget, I think it was a band called Zero, and there was another band, but there were like three bands on the bill, and we took care of it, and it ran smooth, and it was sold out, and and after the, the show was over, this man named Peter Barsotti comes up to me, he's like, when you're done with college, you call me, you got a job. Fantastic. <laughs> and that's kind of, you know, graduation comes, you yeah. know, I, I graduate, my parents come up, you know, we hang out, we go down to Mendocino, <laughs> um, it's a Sunday afternoon. Monday morning hits, I call up Bill Graham's office. This woman, Mary, answers. I'm like, Mary, I'm here to, to, they said I have a job and I'm done with school. I'm done. I want to come work with you guys. And she's like, can you come down tomorrow for an interview? 
<laughs> like, yeah, I'll be down there. And my eyes are just wide open, like, whoa, I can't believe it. It's like a dream come true. Anyway, I get down there the next day, and, and my parents are in the city with me, and they're kind of just waiting. And I go in for the interview, and they're like, they just throw me a, a really long microphone cable, and they say, they just say, here, wrap this. And I start wrapping it. And I hand it back to them, and they're like, can you be in San Jose at 10 a.m. tomorrow? <laughs> we need your skills. <laughs> that was it. And I'm just like, no questions or anything. I'm just like, really? I mean, they had my resume and everything. They sure. knew my background. But it was just like the shortest, briefest interview in the world for, like, the dream job that I always wanted, you know? Yeah. And so the, you were in the thick of it at that point. And, and, the, and the next day I was down in San Jose. I think it was The Cure and, mm. or some other band. I can't remember. Lovely. <laughs> you know, but mm -hmm. I was just, like, thrown right into it. Yeah. Wow. And so the story, you know, moves on from there. And so now sort of, sh sh you know, shifting into the second part of the interview is how did you come to Nevada County? How did you get uh, here? Well, you know, just getting from that Bill Graham experience that led on to me working for the Leisure Services Department in the city of Concord. Yeah. The, the Concord Pavilion. I ended up going back east for a spell, working for this really um, nice Italian guy and ran two venues outside of Boston. Yeah. And then I went back to Humboldt and ran the ticket office up there <laughs> for a spell. And then I ended up, you know, getting a, a almost like a career job for Marin County. Okay. Running their event center there. And, and while I was doing that, I was also able to, to moonlight with the um, Oakland Coliseum. Wow. That's fantastic. So I just had this, like, this multitude of just yeah. layered job opportunities that led me eventually to retiring from Marin County and, and, and trying to figure out my next move. And that was like, how did I end up in Nevada City? Mm -hmm. Well, getting back to my strawberry thing, 1987. Uh -huh. I have to give back to them because they helped me through all these jobs and through my career. Mm -hmm. It was always that was my base of starting. And um, so I feel a lot of gratitude towards that. And I ended up coming for a spring festival up here. Never been to Grass Valley or Nevada City in my life. And um, just fell in love with it. You know, we were up like a week before setting up, and at night I would take these little trips, and I'd drive into Grass Valley or Nevada City, and I think Nevada City was having an art walk that night, and there was music in the air and, and food, and I'm just like, wow, this is a great town. Mm -hmm. And the only person I really knew up here was one per real individual. His name was Russ Roy, the outlaw. <laughs> oh, we know him. <laughs> so, yeah, he was like the only guy I know, and he's like, you need to move up here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> And I thought I about it, it, but I decided that was my move. I was going to yeah. move to Santa Cruz because I had kind of base there. Right. But I said, no, I'm going to try something different and, and just on tuition. And how long ago was that, Christian? The, a little over seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing, too, because, you know, now coming here and, and you know, this is a such a rich community of of being able to be involved. I mean, tell us a little bit about your community involvement, your your civic engagement, which makes you, um, you know, that music industry that you have so so rich, but also what, what did you do to tap into the community to well, help? Well, this station, KVMR, was, was <laughs> a vital resource for sure. You know, I just, um, Strawberry Music Festival again gave mm -hmm. me some, some background. I met a lot of people that actually lived in the area attending the festival. Right. Um, but I still didn't know a lot of people, and I figured, what better way to get to know people but volunteer? Yep. And I have a few passions. Music's out there for sure. Also, um, how to grow food. Oh, you yeah. Know, I've been involved with Sierra Harvest for about eight years, seven years since yeah. I've been up here. Was involved with their garden build program. I think we built over 100 gardens so people could eat. So amazing. In this county, you know, so that's another passion. Um, 
you know, the whole natural food thing. I, I currently am manager of Mother Truckers and, and the country store. Um, the owners actually own Natural Selection in town. But right. um, I'm grateful to be in such a great company to work for and, and really um, the ability to serve. I mean, yeah. the one thing that I decided when I moved up here seven years ago is like I want to be in a position where I can serve because that's where I find my true um, enjoyment in life. Well, is, and I think this community is is there's full it's full of opportunity to serve and volunteer and to be involved in the community and that's what makes it so rich is if you have a music flair you can there's you can dial into that if you have tv or you know children or education there's just so much here yeah and we're very fortunate again mm-hmm. one of the, the the drawing things that brought me here was all of that yeah. engagement and 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 like i said to be in a point where i can actually be of service to others that's that's where I find true fulfillment. Yeah. You know, there's no way around that. And, um, and that's what makes you a sage, too. I mean, service to the community is part of that wisdom that you bring from your life right. that you bring to the people you work with and volunteer with. How and why do you, how, what, what does it give to you? Um, being a volunteer, it's, it can be taxing. It can be overwhelming. It's a lot of learning, right? But, but it also feeds us as volunteers. So how does it feed you? Where do you get the – where's the – what does it do for you? Wow. Um, it does a lot for me. I mean, the engagement that I've had so far, I've met so many people in this wonderful community. Uh, my sister was out to visit me two years ago, and we were walking around Victorian Christmas and doing this and that and going to the store. And everywhere I went, she's like, I would run into people that I've met and know now. And she's like, my sister's like, you know everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. It's a small town. Yeah. But, um, you know, the volunteering, again, the camaraderie that I meet mm-hmm. with other people, all the friends I've met. I mean, this is just a, an amazing community. We are blessed. And, and a lot of people might not realize it, but um, there's a lot of sages in this community. Yeah. And, 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 you know, my goal right now is, is to just be out there to help others the best way I can, to share all the knowledge and experience I have to kind of gleam it off give it away if I can. Yeah. And um, if you think about the next generation, like what you what you have in your back pocket of wisdom right. um, with but, the but, new generation, you know? You know, and I do find, you know, mother truckers, I have quite an array of people working for me at various ages. But mm-hmm. the younger ones, you know, I call them my onsens, my teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, they I learn a lot from them. And, and it's funny because when I was 26, I knew everything. But now I got so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm open for that, you know. I know. And just in case you're tuning in now, you're listening to The Sages Among Us um, on 89.5 FN KVMR. And I'm Kimberly Ewing with our wonderful guest, Christian Gutt. Um, And being the sage that he is with music and natural foods and working at Mother Truckers, tell us a little bit about um, if someone is listening tonight and would like to get engaged and volunteer, what would you say to them? Go for it. Don't, don't hesitate. Sometimes we hesitate or sometimes we think life's too busy. But even an hour or two, maybe you're answering calls here at KVMR Radio. Maybe you're at Hospitality House serving dinner one night a week. Maybe you're at the Sierra Strings concert helping out setting up chairs. Maybe you're out at the Sierra Harvest you know, garden giving kids an opportunity to eat some vegetables they never tried before. Right. I mean, there's just so much, you know, um, KVMR is a great resources for volunteerism. 
Um, the, the local union newspaper here, I think they list out once a week volunteer opportunities. Yeah. Um, if you're new to the community, this is one of the best ways to get to know the community for sure. I mean, you're a, you're a testament to that where you're like, uh, I just absolutely. started volunteering and I got to meet everybody and, and uh, network. and. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, I have no regrets of moving up here, being with this community, helping out in any way I can and yeah. being of service, you know. Yeah, I love that, Christian. And when we talk about, like, our town, is there something else you would like to accomplish while you're here or any other aspect in your life? I mean, it sounds like you're still learning, so. Still learning. Um, Anything that you would, like, you know, wave your magic wand and and would want something to happen in this area that hasn't happened um, yet or a a moment of change or improvement? You know, just... um, the thought of everybody embracing diversity yeah you know realizing that we all breathe the same air we all drink the same water and we all need to take care of one another the whole red blue whatever you want to call it you know i think we all need to look for that common ground in a big way yeah you know and and we got to really just show respect for for all people and all living creatures yeah Right. Being a person of nature, too, I respect why the nature, the recreation, the beauty of this county brings us here, too. It it grounds us. It helps us stay centered. Absolutely. Um, You know, sometimes I think of my church, and and that really is outside by the Yuba River, up, up on the trails on the ridge, or... Looking for Sasquatch in the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? But but I'm I'm just grateful to be in this community and be part of it. And just, yeah. And and, and I look forward to just being out there as much as I can helping. Well, good. And tell me um, a little bit. We have just a a few more minutes. What would be, um, when we look at organizations, and there's so much going on here, um, are there any particular ones that stand out for you that you want to dedicate more time to or that you're curious about, like another organization that you've heard about that you haven't yet volunteered for but you're you're dabbling or maybe curious? Well, big one coming up, Night of Giving. Yeah. You know, Mikhail Graham. Yeah. Amazing guy that he was. I, yeah. I was honored and, and, and just really got to work with Mikhail a few times. But that energy, I, I would love to be able to help maybe carry that torch. Yeah. And, um, you know, the homeless situation or the people without homes yeah. is just unfathomable to me. Like, how can this be when there's so much giving in the community, but yet we still see people in dire need? Yeah. And how do we get around that? So that's one huge event um, that I haven't really dabbled too much into. Um, Sierra Harvest, again, is one of my favorites out there. Yeah. Um, you know, that's Center great. for the Arts, Miners Foundry. I know, Foundry. there's so many, aren't there? You know, <laughs> music in the Mountains. I mean, I just, we are yeah. just blessed. And, and all the people that are working for these organizations are just, there's ages to it. I'm just, yeah. like I said, we've got a lot of us out here, and I'm grateful for that. And for people listening, too, you can start small. Like, you can start with just maybe once a week or once a month or anything that you can commit, um, and then you'll get used to that and get, and then you see more opportunities. So we always, um, we always encourage people to look outside yourself, especially dur- during this time of the year. It can be hard for people, um, and I know that giving – is a way to sort of restore your own um, hope is right. to give to get to others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Well, 
we're really running out of time, Christian, but do you have any final thoughts um, that you'd like to share about your leadership, your community work, your love of the music industry and the business industry, um, or anything for our community in general as we're wrapping up our, our Sages Among Us night? Yeah, just, you know, life life is a journey. Mm-hmm. There's always ups and downs, you know, and just uh, the gratitude, you know, that yeah. I need to show to the people I currently work for at Mother Truckers. My whole staff is amazing. You know, um, the people here at KVMR Radio, just another great organization. All my friends at the Miners Foundry, the Center for the Arts. I mean, like I said, I just met so many great people, and I just want to express my gratitude to all the people that helped me out um, to get to this point and moving forward. And I want to be in a point and position where I can be some service to them too. Oh yeah. And it just keeps growing and going, you know, it just keeps growing and going. So that's the beauty of gratitude. Keep on growing. You know, it's contagious too, which is lovely. Well, at this point, I just want to say thank you, Christian. It has been lovely. I wish we could talk a little bit more because it sounds like you've got a very interesting past too. I mean, there's so much going on. And like you said, you have more to learn. And so do we. So do I. So thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for making a difference in our community. And um, we just want to say thank you for everybody listening tonight. It's been a pleasure. And I hope you have a good night.